You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 48. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are enjoying your week. I'm so excited to talk to you today about exercise. I call it getting fit for God or getting fit for the kingdom in both body and soul. They're the same. You know that my mission is to learn everything I can about spiritual fasting and figuring out every possible way to keep delaying and praying as a lifestyle forever and ever, and then teach you how to do it as well. I'm always interested in going deeper into the different components of this way of life in order to keep the fast. That's what we want to do the most is learn all the tips on how to keep the fast, especially on Wednesdays and Fridays, so that we are praying and fasting those demons right out of our lives and the lives of our loved ones. And our world needs it now more than ever. So today I want to talk about exercise as movement. Movement is really important when you are spiritually fasting and can actually improve the experience and make your life easier overall. It sounds counterintuitive as it seems like exercise would make you more hungry and therefore want to eat more, and it certainly can in some instances, but it depends on how you incorporate it into your eat fast feast cycle. And then of course, it depends on your definition of exercise, which I'm going to go over. And by the way, I'm addressing women like myself who hop on an elliptical four days a week for 30 or 40 minutes, and then afterwards lift some moderate weights. I love Pilates and brisk walks and all kinds of activities, but I do not run marathons. I do not endure any endurance sports or heavy lifting. So if that's what you do, please do your own research as to how to exercise and fast. This is just my story and everyone needs to find their own way because there is no one size fits all here. So here we go. I hope you love it. So exercise is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as activity requiring physical effort carried out to sustain or improve health and fitness. And then by the Webster Dictionary, that definition is to use repeatedly in order to strengthen or develop. So I love both of these definitions and I kind of put them together. So let's go further to define exercise as movement carried out to sustain improved health and done repeatedly to develop strength of mind, body, and soul. Yeah, that's a good one. And that's my definition. That is the definition by Beth, the Catholic fasting coach. Here's why I chose to add movement to that definition, because exercise can sound like a drag to some people. I mean, even me, it may have diet and weight loss associations tied to it in your mind. If so, use the word movement. 
I will be using both words in this podcast because I love to exercise, but movement also motivates me when I'm tired. It just sounds easier. And I'm smart enough to know that I have to move my physical body every day to be healthy. And if I do that in various ways, I will improve my health, my mind, and my soul because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I am commanded by scripture to care for it as best as I can. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19, 19 through 20, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, that you are not your own? For you have been purchased at a price, therefore glorify God in your body. I think St. Paul has something there. He wants us to glorify God in our body. And I think it's time we take this seriously, don't you? This is what getting fit for the kingdom really, really is. Movement and getting fit for the kingdom keep me right on track within the eat fast feast cycle as I cycle my body and soul through eating, fasting, and feasting throughout the entire church year now. It is becoming easier. And movement and exercise have been a helpful part of my progress. When I talk about movement, I mean physical movement every day and learning how important it is to move my body even on fasting days. What I have learned is that this is actually optimal for my body. And you know what I always say, what is good for the body is good for the soul and vice versa. So movement helps us not only move away from sugar, flour, and alcohol in our minds for a period of time, sometimes by just pure distraction, but also physically moving helps stave away hunger so that you can dine in with Jesus until your eating window opens as planned. On most days, I take a walk after my meals. The first meal of my day is usually between 1 and 4 p.m., and then I immediately head out the door for a brisk 20-minute walk with my rosary in my hands. This is a great way to ask the Lord to solve my problems with me and also to proclaim the gospel for all the people that are driving by. Oh, there's that crazy lady again with the rosary. Yep, that would be me. Well, there's a lot of benefits to this movement. Number one, it stops me from overeating my meal. I basically eat and run. There is no room in my mind for that sneaky little thought that comes up like maybe just one almond or maybe just a couple more olives. Nope. I am out the door. And number two, I'm able to pray a second rosary for my fasting intentions for the day. And Hey, that's a double, double. That's a win. And lastly, number three, it really refreshes me. I'm getting out into the sunshine and into the fresh air, and this gives me a lift of energy to finish up the day. So aside from that first meal walking, I try to get up and move throughout the day as well, because I can spend a lot of time on the computer during the day with my business, and it's good to get up and move around. I try to get up every hour or so to stretch or do some planks or push-ups or squats, or just to make sure that I'm giving my body a break from sitting down. I do have a stand-up desk, but regardless, it feels better to me if I'm actually taking a 10-minute break to really move my body around. It just feels good good. I found an article from Harvard Health that says this, a growing body of evidence suggests that spending too many hours sitting is hazardous to your health. Habitual inactivity raises risks for obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, deep vein thrombosis, and metabolic syndrome. 
Researchers aren't sure why prolonged sitting has such harmful health consequences, but one possible explanation is that it relaxes your largest muscles, and when muscles relax, they take up very little glucose from the blood, raising your risk of type 2 diabetes. Isn't that interesting? Well, we kind of know that story. Um, When we have extra glucose floating around in our bloodstream, then our pancreas keeps making insulin as a response. Well, we know when we have insulin working all the time, we're susceptible to insulin resistance that can lead to that type two diabetes the author is talking about. And this is like when the pancreas is getting tired of making the insulin. So remember, insulin is a very important storage hormone. It helps our cells store the excess glucose that is found in our bloodstream. It helps it store it in our liver and muscles as glycogen that we can use later for energy. And when the liver and muscle stores are full up, the excess is converted and stored as fat. And this is an uh-oh, right? This is like, oh no. So you want to get up and move around every 45 minutes or so if you can to help this whole situation with, with the, the glucose and the insulin. So the article goes on to say this, sitting can also increase pain. Even if you're reasonably active, hours of sitting, whether reading a book, working on the computer, or watching TV, tighten the hip flexor and hamstring muscles and stiffen the joints themselves. Overly tight hip flexors and hamstrings affect gait and balance, making activities like walking harder and perhaps even setting you up for a fall. Plus, tight hip flexors and hamstrings may contribute to lower back pain and knee stiffness, scourges that many people suffer with every day. I'm just reading the article and it's obviously um, apparent that I can't say hamstrings. <laughs> hamstrings. <laughs> okay, I got it. So given this research, breaking up long blocks of sitting to flex your muscles seems like a wise move for all of us. So try to build more activity into your day. All right. End of, end of article. Thank you, Harvard Medical School. We got it. So moral of the story, get up and move to get those large muscles moving and get that glucose leveled out in your bloodstream. And this will also help you feel more full because we know that when there's excess insulin in your bloodstream, the hunger hormone, which is leptin, is blocked at the brain and can make you seem hungry when you really aren't. So the next time you have been sitting for a while and you think you need a snack, maybe you just need to get up and move around. The other fascinating thing about exercise is that it keeps our brains at peak performance. Physical activity is absolutely crucial for our bodily health, but also important for the way we think and feel. And as we know, our thoughts always end up in our results. There is science behind this stating that exercise helps our mood, lessens anxiety, makes us mentally sharper, and guards against ruminating thoughts that we don't need taking mental space up in our brains. Exercise also reverses some of the effects of aging in the brain. Scientists are actually discovering that for women, exercise paired with a healthy lifestyle can stave off many effects of hormonal changes in menopause. And I am going to consider the healthy lifestyle to include the delay of sugar, flour, and alcohol during the week, because I know that is part of a healthy lifestyle. So this is great news. Spiritual fasting and movement go together beautifully. This is a win for optimal health and goes way beyond getting to a specific size or body shape. Although those things are lovely perks. It's not vain to want to look your best. We can care for ourselves without worshiping ourselves and overdoing it. We can live in moderation. In the book, Spark, 
by Dr. John Rady. It is so good. He states that moderate exercise increases levels of serotonin, the policeman of the brain that is basically the happiness neurotransmitter, and norepinephrine, the mood and motivation neurotransmitter, and lastly, dopamine, the satisfaction neurotransmitter. So these are the three neurotransmitters that literally supply and traffic in thoughts and emotions that we depend on in our daily life, serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine. I always find this so interesting because I have a choleric temperament, which means I'm very assertive and I work hard from like sunup to sundown. So constant movement through the day increases my level of serotonin and does wonders for my mind, keeping my brain activity under control by quote, balancing mood, impulsivity, anger, and aggressiveness. Oh my goodness. I really better never stop moving. I also plan a 45 minute session of heavy exercise and weightlifting at the beginning or end of the day, four times a week. And this also keeps me strong in mind and body and balancing all of those things that I do not want to be. And I guess I would add that this is also how I probably keep my husband. So go serotonin. So got to have it. So we know that serotonin is absolutely essential for sanity and happiness and a lack of it can also lead to depression and anxiety. And we don't want that. We want to utilize exercise and mindset to turn our worry into wonder. When you feel anxious, it's better to just take a walk and think, I wonder what opportunity God has for me in this situation. Walking and wondering instead of worrying is another double double. That's just a win all the way around. Exercise is helpful because it unleashes cascades of neural chemicals and growth factors that can reverse depression and physically help the brain's infrastructure. One of the things that scientists have discovered is that exercise will help the brain respond like a growing muscle with consistent use, but can also diminish with physical inactivity. This always happens like in nursing homes and when people get older, they stop moving and then unfortunately their health goes downhill. So there really is no static place here. You move yourself one way or you don't move and you move the other. We have millions of neurons in our brain that connect to one another. The brain has an influence on the body and the body has an influence on the brain. And what we have discovered is that we have well-worn neural pathways that we've created over time. And in times of anxiety or worry, we can think in new ways and do new activities to let certain well-worn neural pathways denature. This takes time but they really can denature and wither away while we create new and more exciting ones. These blazing the trails of neural pathways, we can do it. And this is what I'm doing with that half an hour of exercise every morning. It puts me in the right frame of mind to be able to sit and focus on the project that I'm working on or coach at the maximum level. I really have almost no procrastination anymore with exercise and fasting. It also helps my memory as well. Movement is absolutely possible when you are fasting. A small amount in this form of walks or light weights, or even when I'm working out hard is possible. 
I have found that exercising in the fasted state as I become more metabolically flexible has really good benefits because fasting actually ignites my fat burning superpower. Working out in the fasted state helps me get into the fat stores for energy. Now I've been doing this for many years, so I do know my body and I can do this on fasting days, but I didn't start here for a long time. I just walked on those days. I also had to get rid of the diet mentality and all that advice about eating before and after working out and, and more. So Jen Stevens has a really good book. Her book is called Fast, Feast, Repeat. And she says this about eating before and after working out. She says, during a fasted workout, you will first use stored muscle glycogen to fuel muscles. Makes sense. Your body also upregulates fat burning. Our bodies have no choice but to turn to stored fat on your body for fuel once we've depleted our glycogen sufficiently. And after the workout, research shows that fasting actually increases the availability of many compounds within our bodies that are essential for muscle growth, such as carnitine, which increases blood flow to the muscles, and branched chain amino acids, which prevent muscle breakdown and encourage growth of new muscle tissue. So I'm learning that no pre or post workout is needed and that exercising in a fasted state is actually good for my body. You need to do some research for yours. Well, this is encouraging so that I can keep my fast with ease and experience even more benefits in the end. Exercise also helps with the connection of others. My husband and I started playing pickleball every week with friends from church, and it is great fun, and it's good fellowship, and it is a good workout. And we normally meet on Wednesdays, which are my fasting days, where I usually only consume one meal. But I am perfectly fine week after week. In fact, I have plenty of energy every time. You can also go to prayer as you walk or run. CEO and owner of Fierce Athlete, Sam Kelly, who I am going to interview soon, says that when she exercises, she offers it up as a holy hour because it's challenging. Oh, I love this. This is an amazing way to actually fast and pray. Okay, back to my life. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I end my day with a really good long walk, adoration, and mass. These evenings are amazing and so much better than eating or drinking out of boredom or habit. So in my quest to learn how to delay sugar, flour, and alcohol until Saturday nights and Sundays, I have learned that exercise is not just essential for me, but very helpful in fasting. I used to think that exercise was just for weight loss and good health, but now I know it's essential for optimal brain activity. It is essential for optimal health in both body and soul as well. Now, I mentioned pickleball before as connection with others and friends, but there is even a bigger brain benefit to a sport where you have to coordinate skills. Playing pickleball, golf, and learning to ballroom dance has required me to use my complex motor movement, exercising many areas of the brain. The prefrontal cortex is the CEO of my brain, and it must make decisions and coordinate with the motor cortex, the hippocampus, and many other areas of the brain to move my body in a certain pattern that involves learning, you know, how to play the sport or even like how to score like in pickleball. The scoring was one of the hardest challenges of that game. Now it's easy, but it took me a while. So this coordinated movement within sports and activities is really good for your brain and body because as we age, it is best that we keep learning and growing. It's just a little bit more than just walking or getting on the elliptical. 
it's good for us. So I would consider something like that. And you know what? You know what I always say? We can do hard things. We can always do hard things. I'm so busy now that alcohol, sugar, and flour is becoming small and irrelevant in my life with other activities becoming a larger part of my life that's transforming it for the better as I head into my 60s. I'm actually healthier than I was 10 years ago. I'm actually becoming fit for the kingdom in every way, and it's really important to me. I try to invite God into all of it by asking him this, how would you like me to use my body and brain for your glory, Lord? How can I serve you? And I can tell you one thing he never answers. Go to the pantry, Beth, and eat all the crackers and peanut butter you can. Nope. He never says that. Usually what I end up doing is moving and praying in a direction that he desires. Exercise can also help social anxiousness. There was a high school that actually offered square dancing, and each student was given a social script that the students could use to talk as they change partners every 15 minutes. Each student had the same script, so no one felt that they were alone in what they were saying. This one rule actually helped the awkwardness of switching partners as well as how to talk to others in social situations. The two things were best learned together, and the class became very popular. We have to think of ways to make movement and these team activities more popular so that we will move away from the TV and phone and into a fuller life with spiritual fasting. Speaking of ballroom dancing, I experienced that social dilemma, that social problem when my husband and I took ballroom dancing classes a couple years ago, we switched partners and it was actually so difficult to have a conversation with a stranger as well as try to figure out the certain steps of the particular dance. Oh my gosh. It was excruciating, kind of embarrassing and humiliating and very challenging at first, but we figured it out. It was a definite workout for my brain and my body. And hey, now we can dance and we are smarter for it. But hey, maybe they needed to pass out some scripts in that class. I think that would have helped immensely. In the book Spark by Dr. John Rady that I mentioned before, he recalls an experiment in a school system in Naperville, Illinois, where they totally revamped a gym class to entice students to sign up early in the morning before school started with the possibility of scoring better in every single class. Well, enrollment was full and the results were indeed what they thought. In the end, the students were more prepared to learn in all of the other classes, so their scores were way above average. And this was just because they exercised in the morning. The staff concluded that this was because their senses were heightened, driving focus and elevated mood. They were less fidgety and they felt more motivated overall. The study was conducted over a number of years and honestly, Exercise in the morning made kids smarter. Yes, they were more motivated. They were smarter. So the question is, can this happen for us as adults in the classroom of our lives? Well, Dr. Rady says, yes. In addition to priming our state of mind, exercise influences learning directly at the cellular level, improving the brain's potential to log and process information. So if we exercise, we're going to learn more and improve our brains. Yay, we need that as we get older. So as we are working on our thoughts about spiritual fasting and how our thoughts affect our feelings and how those feelings affect our actions, exercise can actually help shift our thoughts into what I would call possibility thoughts all day long. Everything is possible. You just have to find it with God. 
You have to set your brain on an adventure with him to find your dreams and do hard things. And it seems like if you're exercising every morning and working your body and your brain at the same time, that possibility just may be much easier to find. What scientists are finding is that that brain has plasticity. Our brains have plasticity. They are more like Play-Doh than porcelain. Far from being hardwired as scientists once envisioned, we now know that the brain is constantly being rewired. And guess what? We can be our own electricians with the help of God. Our brain is an adaptable organ that can be molded by learning new things, eating healthy, fasting, and yes, physical exercise or movement, especially when you put them all together. As muscles can be increased at the gym, your brain can be increased with exercise and fasting as well. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. Exercising enhances brain function. When you're exercising, it's way more than just losing weight. It's literally helping you acquire virtue by shifting your brain into a more positive state of being motivated to delay sugar, flour, and alcohol until Sundays for others. You will be more motivated to fast, to attend the sacraments, to do whatever it takes to keep the fast for those miracles that you are praying and fasting for. I encourage you to develop a positive relationship with movement and exercise. It's really your thoughts and feelings about it that create your experience, not the exercise itself. So find a way to do it. Our human bodies were designed by God to move. So get going and get moving in some way that fuels you. As St. Paul exhorts in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, again, but verses 24, 25, he says this, Do you not know that the runners in the stadium all run in the race, but only one wins the prize? So run as to win. Every athlete exercises discipline in every way. They do it to win a perishable crown, but we an imperishable one. You are really moving and exercising and learning new skills to stay young in mind, body, and soul so that you can complete your mission and to get fit for the kingdom of God. That is what we are doing. And ultimately, we are doing it to win the imperishable crown of seeing God face to face in heaven in beatitude. You've got this, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Oh, please share it with your friends if it was inspiring for you so that others will hear the great message of permanent weight loss by learning how to fast off sugar, flour, and alcohol, especially on Wednesdays and Fridays. Our whole world needs us to fast and pray right now. Thank you, my friends. Have a great week. Keep praying and fasting. Get moving. And I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.